Thanks for checking out the Harvest Valley Church podcast. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are accepted. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages and challenges you. Now here is the Sunday AM message. As we get going, uh, before we get going, let's, let's open up in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you for, through your faithfulness and experiencing a relationship with you that we're faithful, Lord, that yes. you'll do it again. Someone that we can count on, someone that we can depend on. So, Lord, as we bring your word, Lord, and dive and taking a deeper dive into our inner circle, Lord, and figuring out who our friends are, but there's one friend we know we can depend on, and that is you. Yes. So use me, Lord, to bring your word, Lord. Yes. Let me be the salt and the light in this moment. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So in my studies, I found that Jesus had an inner circle, and I think we all know that, in Peter, James, and John. And the question is, why did he choose those three? So as you consider and reboot, you consider the dynamics of your friendship, I believe as we take a deeper dive into this, this is a great uh, blueprint to follow. Right. If you have questions about how many, if you have questions about why, if you have questions about the quality of the person in which you're seeking to move into your inner circle or to maintain that relationship into your inner circle, Jesus the Christ and his three give us a great analysis to follow. So we're going to go over an overview. I'm going to give you some details of what I feel friendship looks like based off my studies. Then we're going to figure out the no. Who should not, N-O, be in our circle, right? Then we'll shift over to the yes, and there's layers to the yes. We'll look at those layers, and there'll be who's lifting us up, who's letting us in, and who's leveling us out. And then we'll close, and you'll have a great opportunity to make Jesus Christ your friend. Come on. Right? Sounds good. So we'll kind of move down that linear platform there, okay? So let's see. For my scientific friends, I took a scientific approach in my overview. Looking at a qualitative and quantitative analysis. Quantitative, how many should there be? Qualitative, what are the qualities that a friend should portray? What should they showcase themselves as? And in my study, I found this. In your inner circle, there's not many. It's small, it's intimate. Right? You can have 15 good friends, but then there may be five that's in your inner circle, that you're bringing along, that you're sharing your joys with, that you're sharing your sorrows with, that you're telling your dreams and your aspirations to, and and likewise, right? And and the qualities are your like-minded individuals, right? And and that you you share common goals, right? And that you're willing to be vulnerable with that person and you're keeping their secrets communicated as such, right? So those are some of the qualities in the overview. And as I mentioned, Jesus did this. Yes, he had the 12, he had the three, but he also had one who was his favorite, right? And when you look at his three in Peter, James, and John, and you look at the the like-mindedness and the qualities in which they all share, they were all fishermen. Their occupation was all the same, right? They all had the fruit of the spirits. They were patient, right? They showed love. They had joy. And they followed Jesus to the death of them, right? They were all martyrs for their faith in Jesus Christ. David did the same thing. David was a warrior. He was a fighter. And the Bible tells a story that David friends fought for him, not only for him, but they fought beside him. And they fought in David's absence, right? They said that one time, one of David friends fought for so long that the sword was frozen to his hand, 
And even when his soldiers returned to come by and take apart the dead bodies, the sword was still stuck to his hand. So David, a warrior, David, three closest right. friends, they were warriors, they were fighters, and they would fight for David with him and in his absence. Daniel did it, and Daniel shows us another like-minded individual, similar qualities, and he was a man of spiritual excellence. And who was his three friends? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they refused to bow down, right, and got thrown in the fiery fire, standing on their principle of faith, similar to the same things that Daniel did. So when you look at these three examples of Jesus in history, David in history, Daniel in history, you see three different sectors, right? Jesus with the love, patience, and joy. David, the warriors, they're willing to fight for him. Daniel, spiritual excellence. No, I'm not bowing down. This is what I'm standing on. This is my principle. This is what I believe in. Small, intimate, like-minded individuals. A small circle. They're inner circles. So they, they'll give us a great, great example. Shift into the no. What type of friends should not be in my circle? And this is very, very important because we become, through association, we find simulation. Meaning those who you associate with, you'll start to simulate and emulate their behaviors. Amen. Jim Rohn said you are an average of your five closest friends. You're going to borrow wow. some properties, right? Wow. So you're going to start using some language, get into some good exercise habits. You're going, to start to, <laughs> you're going to start to do those things by default of the people in which you're hanging out with. So it's very, very important to get to know, and it's very important to be aware of this because it only takes one to start to shift your paradigm, to start to shift your ideologies, your theories, your principles, your values. It only takes one. And the example that I like to use is Jonah, right? Jonah got his ticket, got on the ship, got on the boat. He's one man. They said that the boat was loaded and ready to go with a group of friends, a group of workers. And Jonah himself, because of his spiritual disobedience, he's moving in the wrong direction. He caused the whole simulation to be shifted, right? The winds, the waves. Yes. God, and, and this is the thing about Jonah, which I think we don't have today, is once they figured out, we got one person on this boat that's causing us turmoil. Like, bro, this ain't working. We about to spin a rock, throw a rock, cast lots. Who is it? Jonah's like, yo, it's me. He volunteered. <laughs> to be tossed off the ship. We don't have those friends today. If you're in a toxic relationship and you're holding on to that, typically that friend is not giving up. So today we have to control our environment. You have to control the variances in your friendship by recognizing what type of friends I cannot allow in because you know once they come in, they not they don't have the spirit of Jonah. Right? No one's getting tossed off the ship. So let's look at these six points, this should help us out on leading with the no. Who should not be in your inner circle? These type of people probably shouldn't even be in your 12 or your 15 or your 20, right? You gotta make sure that you do it. You don't want somebody that's, that's loose at the lips, that's gossiping all the time, right? And these are all biblical principles, so I have scriptures next to them so you don't think I'm just making this stuff up, right? These are godly principles, gossip. No, this is a no, all right? Proverbs 20 and 19. A gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. Right? We got a rule, man law. No man should talk about another man unless that man is present. That's right. Right? So if you're amongst your friends and they're constantly talking about someone who ain't there, who's not there, pause and consider. A quick-tempered person, Proverbs 22, 24, and 25, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. 
Do not associate with one easily angered, or you will learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Thank you. Good. So, and that's what I'm talking about. Jim Rohn said you're going to borrow some properties. You're going to be an average of that. So if you're hanging around a hot-tempered person, eventually you may be persuaded to allow your temper to be turned up really quick. Disloyal or disconnected. Proverbs 24, 21 through 25. My son, fear the Lord, the King. Do not associate with those who give, who, who, are, who those who give it quick to change. Right? The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Someone who's constantly, oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, no, you know, you can't depend on them, right? One day they're your friend, one day they're not. Cut them loose. They're not in your inner circle. Immoral. Proverbs 29 and 3. A man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but a companion of prostitutes squanders his wealth. You gotta have some more values. You gotta have some boundaries and some laws, some lines have to be drawn in your inner circle relationships. So if you're dealing with someone who, who, who's not a spiritual person, who's just living their life in a worldly category, then they should not be in your circle. A fool, Proverbs 13 and 20. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of a fool suffers harm. That's good. Right? The Bible says, seek godly counsel, right? And man of wisdom, so hang around those. And this last one is just an overall in Psalms 1 and 1. Blessed is the one who does not step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Be careful who you go to lunch, who you go to dinner with and breakfast with, who, who, who you're caught sitting with, because nowadays there's a snap of a picture and it's all over the internet. Yeah, right? there, there's, no, there's nothing that you can do in hiding. There's nothing that you can do that won't be shared into the light. What's done in the dark shall come to the light. So let's look at the yes. Let's build that circle up. So we know, everybody agree? No? That's, those are good lists for no? Good. Top six, we do not want those people in our circle. But there's layers to the yes. Like I said, you want someone who's going to lift you up, someone who's going to let you in, and then you need those who are going to level you out. Right? Lift you up, let you in, and level you out. Right? I think a good implied model would be lifting as we climb for your circle. That should be your implied model. As you're growing professionally, as you're growing personally, as you're growing spiritually, you should be lifting your friends up. There is no crap in the bucket mentality. If I win, I want you to win. And more importantly, if you're winning and you're pulling your friends up, you're not feeding everybody. So encourage everyone. You should have an encouraging circle like we're all lifting each other up. Personally, professionally, spiritually. If I can help you, I can help you. It should be, what can I do for you? Right? If friendship is a, is a service, what can I do for you? In exchange, if that friend has the same like-minded mentality, he's saying, what can I do to help you? So it's a, a constant pendulumship. I'm helping you, you're helping me. But if it's a one-sided situation where you're always doing the helping, that's not, that's not good either. So let's look at, at Jesus in the Bible. And, and in Luke 5, we find a friend who had witnessed a healing previously believed that if they can get their friend to Christ, that they can receive a healing as well. And the Bible says that four friends carried a paralyzed man to see Jesus. And upon getting there, there was no room to enter. But they're like, if we could just get our friend in the presence of God, he can be made whole. So they lift him up onto the rooftop, right? Tearing off the roof and they're letting him down to get into the presence of God. 
And Jesus looks up and he says, because of your friend's faith, your sins are forgiven. Faith of a friend and a friend. They lifted him up onto the rooftop, let him down, and to get him to Jesus. Who's bringing you closer to the Lord? Right? Who's bringing you closer to the Lord? Can your friendship, can your friends say, because I'm in a relationship with you, I feel closer to God. Right? And, get, and getting, getting their healing in. Here goes another situation, right? It takes self-sacrifice and self-abnegation to be a true friend. That's right. and, and Jesus shows this in several ways. When Lazarus died and Mary came, Jesus wept, right? The Bible tells us that in John 11 and 35 that Jesus wept, right? Your joys are my joys, my sorrows are your sorrow. If you're hurting, I'm hurting. If you're happy, I'm happy. And Jesus shows up to the grave where Lazarus had been for four days and he says, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus comes out. Now your inner circle has to be willing or you will have to be willing sometimes to get your hands dirty. Good. So not only did he raise him from the dead, but then he tells the friends and the disciples, go take those grave clothes off of Lazarus and let him go. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't do it. The friends did it. The friends got involved. They got dirty. They took the grave clothes Good. off of Lazarus by Jesus' command and said, take the clothes off and let him go. He lifted him up. In the moment, even though Jesus was sorrow, crying with Mary, he still was able to lift his friend so up. So it's okay to hurt, it's okay to cry together, but you still have to be able to lift your friend up. Shifting over to letting us in. Oftentimes we find ourselves in friendships, at least I do, very close in proximity to my friends. But sometimes there's a gap in our spiritual walk, right? There's a gap in our relationship with Christ. And I say, how can I close this gap? I talked to Ziza about this the other night. I'm like, can I figure out a way to close the gap to draw my friends closer to the Lord? And this is one of my vehicles. This is one of my platforms right here, right now, in this moment. Amen. And so I figure if you let them in, you can close that gap. If they let you in, you can, you can close that gap in, in the friendship, even though we're close in proximity, but in certain areas of our life, we're far apart. And we have this dynamic of friendship, so how do I bring them from being in the outer circle into the inner circle? And you have to let them in, right? And we find this, Paul was in the matrix of friendships. Paul was, you know, you know who he was beforehand, and afterwards he had a matrix of friendships. And the first one we see, when he was Saul on the road to Damascus walking, we know he had his interaction with the Lord. But it was Ananias who let Paul in. He says, go see this man, heal his eyes, and send him on his way. Right? So both of them knew about the divine appointment. Ananias shows up, he heals Paul's eyes, and Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? So Ananias let Paul in to the Spirit, to the Holy Spirit, to the power of the Holy Spirit. It was Ananias who let him in and showed him that, that, that trinity, like, hey, this is real. Yes, you've been called, you've had your appointment, your divine appointment, but I'm going to let you in. I'm going to heal you, and I'm going to let you in to the power of the Holy Spirit. And that took place in Acts 9. Then we find Paul in another relationship with Barnabas. So now he's healed by Ananias, and he's doing his thing, he's traveling, he's speaking the word of God, and the people are like, yo, I still don't believe you, bro. 
You've been out here killing us, and you telling us in one day, in one moment, now you for us, you're a fraud. We don't believe you. So Barnabas says, hey, check this out. He goes to the disciples, he goes to the apostles, and he says, we need to let Paul in. So here we are. You have Barnabas putting his social and political capital on the line for his friend Paul, whom he's witnessed. He tells the apostles, hey, I've witnessed this guy. He's been preaching throughout about Jesus. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm standing on the table for him. Let him in. And they said they protected him, brought him into his circle, and Paul was able to travel and do his thing. And check, without that situation of Barnabas standing on the table in faith for his friend, right, we don't get the meat of the New Testament. We don't get Galatians, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Romans, Thessalonians. We don't get those things. But because Barnabas let him in, we now have the word of God in our hands today to move forward. The inner circle, letting them in. And the last one is a story that we're all familiar with, David and Jonathan. Right? Jonathan let David in. He let him in into his relationship. It says that they were knitted soul to soul, spirit to spirit. That like-mindedness individual, right? The inner circle. And after David killed Goliath, he brought the head to the, to the castle. He's like, yo, I did it. Right? And, and King Saul's like, who's your dad? Who are you? He's like, oh, I'm the son of Jesse. David stays. They start having these conversations. And he never leaves. He never leaves, right? And the Bible says this in, in, um, in 1 Samuel chapter 4. It says, Jonathan took off his robe, took off the robe he was wearing, gave it to David along with his tunic, even his sword, his bow, and his belt. He let him in. Not only did he let him in, but he gave him everything that he had. Like, we're brothers. What's mine is yours, and what's yours is mine. And he even let him in to the point that he betrayed his father. You know the story. His dad wanted to kill him, and he said, hey, yo, I'm going to let you know all the secrets that are going on at dinner. Right? He let King David in. And even though Jonathan should have been the king by default, by bloodline, David was the chosen one. Right? He was anointed by God. He was appointed by God. And in Jonathan's defense, there was no animosity. There was no envy. It was all encouragement and all uplift. Although I'm the son and you're called by God, I'm still going to let you in. That's good. Right? And then, like I said, the last point, level us out. We all need those friends that's going to level us out. Whether you're too high, they need to bring you on down. That's right. Right? If you're feeling yourself, they need to balance you out. And Gerald mentioned that, that we work out together, and I got a story from that. So I'm a different cat, I guess, in the gym. You know, Eric can attest to that. I like to talk a little bit and have fun. Sometimes they get offended. Like, come on, man. For real, we look the nice, we having fun. But one, one day, we were lifting weights, and our program director, Fred, had us doing burpees and all kinds of stuff off the ground in the bar over our head. You know, and Gerald was making a few comments, and I whispered him, like, hey, bro, the Bible says do everything without murmuring and complaining. <laughs> <laughs> and he listened to me, he gave me the look, like, not the look that he was just giving y'all when he was worshiping, but he gave me a different look. <laughs> and Gerald said, man, D, you got all the Proverbs and all the songs. I hope you live in every aspect of your life like that. <laughs> I said, this dude can hit me with the Hebrew 4. It's a double... <laughs> This is a, the word is a double-edged sword. So I had to 
And I really sat back and evaluated in my head, like, man, he's actually right. Like, am I? Like, he leveled me out. You know, I was on him, like, man, let's go. You gotta get up. You know, be bummering and complaining and be quiet. But, but we need that in our life, right? And the Bible says that a true friend can correct you when you're wrong, right? It says that better for a friend. To, to rebuke you than for your enemy to give you secretly multiple kisses. So I accepted that. A true friend loves you when you're at the lowest point. Proverbs 17 and 7. A friend loves you at all times. A brother is born for a time of adversity. Right? And like I said, the Bible calls us to be salty and to be the light. So who better to be salty with than your friends, than your close friends? You have to, you have to let them know. You have to let them know. In closing, Pastor Eric and the worship team, you guys can come up. I dare to ask you this. What type of friend are you? Right? What type of friend are you? Are you a friend that, that, add, that adds value? What are you bringing to the table? Right? Can, can your friends say, like I said earlier, that they're a better person, that they're drawn closer to Christ because of their relationship with you? What type of friend are you? Genuine friendship starts in the mirror. The man and the woman, you have to look yourself in the mirror. You attract what you are. You attract who you are, right? And, and so in saying that, 2 Chronicles 16 and 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the world that he might strongly support those whose hearts are diligently seeking him. So if your desire is to have good friends, if your desire is to have an intimate relationship. You have to seek the Lord. Be a friend of His first. And then He'll give you the desires of your heart. God wants us to be in covenant relationship. He wants us to be like-minded with Him. He wants us to be drawn closer to Him. And the call on Abraham life shows us that. He says, Abraham, you're going to leave here. You're going to travel far, far away from your family. But those who bless you, I will bless them. Those who curse you, I will curse them. And it's because Abraham was in alignment and in covenant with the Lord first. Yes. So when you're starting to evaluate, when you're starting to delete those double contacts in your phone, first align yourself with God, understanding his principles and foundation, his love for us, and then you can move yourself accordingly. Jesus calls us friend. He's our friend. John 15 and 15, he says, I no longer call you a servant because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friend for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. He tells us that he's our friend. See, Jesus shows us this, that friendship does cost. Nothing comes for free. It costs us time, it costs us affection, yeah. patience, yeah. love. And in Jesus' case, it really did cost him his life. Right? So it costs to be a friend. And Jesus is saying, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for a friend. Right? So if you're willing to give your time, your affection, your patience, your love, and sometimes your life for that person, and you feel the same way about them, then you should enter into the inner circle. But like I said with Abraham, it starts with a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. So today, if you don't have that relationship, this is an opportunity for you to accept Jesus Christ as your friend. 
the Bible says you must first show yourself friendly if you want to be a friend. Jesus did that for us. He showed himself friendly. He showed himself friendly upon his arrival. He showed himself friendly on the cross. He showed himself friendly in the resurrection. And he's showing himself friendly in this very moment. Jesus Christ is a friend. And you have to accept that invitation of his friendship. And upon doing that, he will give you the near and dear friends that you need so you can move forward in your personal, your professional, and your spiritual life. So I'm going to say a prayer, and I hope everyone can pray this with us. And it's in your heart, right? He says, He's sending His only begotten Son that whomsoever believe in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. So we're all going to say this prayer. And if you need this, open up your heart, open up your mind, and not only receive Christ as your friend, but receive Him as your personal Savior. Jesus, I thank you for being a friend. I confess my sins. And I ask for your forgiveness. Come into my heart as Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life. Help me to walk in your footsteps daily through the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for saving me and answering my prayers. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for your support. Harvest Valley Church in Pleasanton has a passion to teach and equip people from various journeys of life through the love and grace of Jesus. If you want to connect with us, join us online at harvestvalley.org or on our Facebook page. Thanks for stopping by.